Hey there, this is Jenny Chen. I'm the founder of 3D Heels. Welcome to the Lattice Podcast, the official podcast for 3D Heels. This is where you will find fun but in depth conversations with technological game changers, creative minds, entrepreneurs, rule breakers, and more. Focusing on how we can use 3D technologies like 3D printing and bioprinting to reinvent healthcare and even life sciences. This podcast will also include AMA or Ask Me Anything sessions, past Instagram live interviews with influencers, and other direct engagements with our tribe. Um, we can get started. I apologize for uh, being a couple minutes late. And thank you so much for joining me today. I, I love that you guys are in the lab working um, and we definitely can get to that. But, but welcome everybody who's watching. Um, and today I had the pleasure, I, I'm, I have the pleasure of interviewing the co-founders of 3D Biotechnology Solutions, uh, Anna Milas and Petro Masager. Um, I am so sorry, I don't speak Portuguese, but actually I would love it if you can um, say your name in the real correct way. Um, I love to learn a little bit of Portuguese myself. So. Great. So, I mean, Pedro. yeah, go ahead. Okay, Pedro Massaguer. Massaguer. Pedro is a common name here in Brazil, and Massaguer is from my dad and he's from Spain. So it's the same in English as Peter. <laughs> yeah. Hello, my name is Ana. Hello, everyone. My name is Ana Milas. Nice to meet you. So I, I'm close to Anna's name. Um, I'm almost, almost correct. So, so welcome to this uh, interview. Um, you know, this is meant to happen on Instagram Live, but sometimes we have some network issues, uh, especially with Brazilian guests. So, uh, just for safety, um, I thought I'd do it on Zoom since it's more consistent in terms of the internet connection. Um, but I um, got to know Anna and Pedro many years ago, almost like three years ago, perhaps. Um, and that was because three years because of uh, um, a meeting that's organized by Mayira, who I also interviewed uh, very recently. And she was organizing a Brazilian 3D printing um, event. And that's how I met you guys. And um, it was just fascinating. Um, what, a, what a vibrant community uh, Brazil has in terms of innovation, even with limited resources. Um, but before I go on further, um, I, I would love to have you guys just sort of um, describe your early journey in the 3D bioprinting space, you know, how you got educated on it, what inspired you, who were your mentors, yeah, et cetera. Okay. Yep. So <laughs> uh, I'm a biologist, that's my first formation. And I hold my master's degree and my PhD in chemical engineering. And I just finished my postdoc in pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical science. And um, uh, I started to work with biofabrication since my master's degree, when I work with two technologies, the electron spinning first, when I went to the electron spinning company in United Kingdom, 
And then I started to work in 2014 with bioprinter, bioprinting, especially in and a little bit of uh, traditional 3D print. Awesome. Okay. Well, my name is Pedro again, and I'm a business administrator. And I have my master's and PhD in the science and technology policy here at the State University of Campinas. And in this period, I was mainly focusing my research on innovation process in, in start, uh, startups and entrepreneurial-based techs. And my first contact with tissue engineering was through Ana in 2015 and other company that requested assistance to the design the business model of a biohealing product. And my main, main specialties are business development, strategic management related to biotechnology. Awesome. And so how did you guys meet and how did you decide to form a company? Okay. <laughs> when, I were, when I was making a part of my research in United Kingdom, I worked in a small company as a startup in 2012. And I thought, why they, they can have this here, this kind of company here, and we don't have in Brazil. So let's do, let's do, and we can do there in Brazil. And then in 2014, me and Pedro, we are double uh, associate associated <laughs> partnership, and we get married. And then we decided to open the 3D BS. We have two, two children. Eduardo just born in the same day of 3D BS was constructed. At the same age. Three years ago. That's amazing. What happened from the business perspective, Jenny, as I was, I was telling, I was helping another startup that is de developing these wound dressings using mesenchymal cells in Ribeirão Preto. And at that point, we identified that, that's, that missing point here in Brazil, that there is the access to the hardware, to the bioprinter. The cost is too, too expensive because of euro and dollar when converted. And it's inaccessible for a million researcher here. So that was the opportunity that we decided to go ahead with 3DBS. And to do that, we had the support from a research agency from the state of Sao Paulo that calls FAPESP. FAPESP has a similar program for entrepreneurs as this beer, uh, small business innovation research in the US. Very similar program. And with, that, with their help, in the first phase, we validated our bioprinter. In the second phase, that is a project that's still running, we are going to the bioprinted products. Was the first bioprinting going to the market in Brazil. And we realized that here we had a lot of demand for that. A lot of groups working tissue engineering. And now, nowadays, we have more than 40 bioprinters spread all Brazil. Yeah, I think you know. I think to some of the audiences um, in North America, this could be a very surprising fact that Brazil has a very vibrant biotech research activity. Um, now, my question—I mean, I have so many questions in terms of how you started the startup. Um, but one question I do have is: 
obviously the universities are already using other bioprinters that are on the market from other countries. Why do you think it's important to have a Brazil-based uh, bioprinting startup? Well, I think that the main theme, Jenny, is the, the community here in Brazil of researchers in the area of regenerative medicine or tissue engineering are very, very capacitated and have very good research, but they are just starting with bioprinting. So the importance that we have a, a local startup in this area is the geographical proximity. So we can translate and, and learn with them and also uh, educate them to use the equipment and help them in many parts or phases of the research. And this is an important thing. The second important thing, I think, is price. What we are doing here in Brazil is something like democratizing this tool in labs and in universities, research institutes. And this is important. And since we start uh, with tissues, bioprinted tissues, that's alive tissues, it's complicated to make the logistics, to make the transport. So we have to internalize these technologies here. And this is the point. We have our proper technology, and now we start to put in the market tissues, bioprinted tissues. And, and this is an important point also because. Cosmetic demand in Brazil is very high. We have big companies working in this field, so they have this demand. So um, that answers my question about uh, product market fit. It sounds like you have a unique product that fits a unique market. Um, now, you, you two started the company, so it's two people in the company. How did you grow your company uh, to acquire talents and and people who you know fit your business goals. We have one more partner, uh, partner that's a Milton, who built uh, piece by piece all the equipments, electron spinning equipments and bioprinters. A Milton is a senior mechanic engineer, and he is responsible with our team in the in the in Anusa in our mechanical, uh, mechanical <laughs> there they have Mauro and Eric. That is always two partners, uh, funcionários uh, from 3DBS. Yes. And we have these three main roles. Hamilton have total independence in the development of the equipment and the demands of researchers. Anna leads all the research related to tissue engineering with all the same, all, all, all the, the, the main lines of research that we are developing. And myself in the business development area, in the management area, in the leading with uh, accounting, investors, institutional relations. We start to spend, expand our team. And now we have two internships, that is Giovanni and Karin, that they are together with us here now, just look at the presentation, and they are so good. They are making together and putting the, the clothes together, and we are going. So they, we, our expectation is, is to grow our team. It's necessary. Awesome. Now for DBS, have seven people. Nice. You're, you're, you're reaching a milestone already. 
So, um, so Pedro, you mentioned that you guys got uh, basically a grant for your phase one. Um, do you mind of you, you know share with us how you're fund getting funding now and what's your plan and strategies? Okay, yeah, sure. In in this program, it's very similar to SBEAR. In the phase one, for nine months of project, they they provide two hundred thousand reais. This is something like fifty thousand dollars at the at the moment. Now the the currency has changed. In the second phase, is like one million reais, and this is like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for two years of research. So. The numbers are the same, but the currency is in the in reais when we compare to spear program. But the time of nine months and after that, twenty-four months is the same idea. Yeah. Wait, you're you're saying only fifty thousand dollars can get you where you are? Fifty thousand dollars in the first phase, uh -huh. and in the second phase, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I stand. Uh, we are an e-startup in biotech, but since we started, we sell our equipment. So we have the, the funds, but we have always the sales. So you're making yeah. money and also have some grant money. Um, yeah. Essentially, it's um, a non-diluted uh, funding. You don't really have any private investors. Are you going to... Uh -huh. Looking, are you looking forward for any future private investors in this? Yeah, we are. We are dealing with investors. Uh, what happened, Janet, That we, we when we speak strategically, strategically, we decided to have a long run objective and some medium objectives. So, bio, products for bioprinting that is something that we can already touch the market and offer because we don't have any regulations. Besides, in the other hand, advanced therapeutics, you have to go to regulation. So, in this first phase, when we are focusing on hardware, our first two years, we are mainly, we, we didn't talk too much with investors because we know that the valuation of the company will hit the, the, the good point when you provide the market with bioprinted products. So now we are increasing this strategy, working with VCs and looking for our internalization, mainly to US. Yeah. Um, in fact, I find your strategy can be applied to many different startups in the space as well, regardless whether or not they're in Brazil. But in our conversation previously, I, you know, I mentioned that how impressed I am that you guys can form a startup in this you know, really challenging area. Um, and also as a Brazilian startup, you must have a lot of unique challenges um, that I think, especially for entrepreneurs in Brazil, could benefit from learning um, how you conquer those challenges to get where you are today. Yes, Jane, you know that we live here at constant price in Brazil. And this makes us, I think, quite strong than other countries. Uh, we have to reinvent, we have uh, wisdom, we have uh, to create uh, inside the crisis, the chaos. And, but you know that this year, this pandemic, the pandemic year is really good for us. Mm -hmm. We are selling a lot, we are launching our first product, uh, by printed product, and we have 
have FAPESP together, that is the, the public foundation. And you can... I think the, the most important uh, to think about is this is not uh, a simple business. You, can, yeah. you, you, you cannot do some, too much alone. You need to have partners and you need to, you need to have collaborations. So in this way, uh, 3DBS have this partnership with PAPESP. We also have a partnership with the, a university that called São Leopoldo Mandique, that is a medicine school. Mm -hmm. They provided the infrastructure to us to, to build our lab in, in their campus, in their campus. And we also establish with any client some kind of collaboration, even for training. Uh, it, so our equipment is not a selling of a product, but also a training and also a space to interchange ideas and expand and evolve products. Always consultants involved. Always. So I think this is some advice for others that want to or thinking in different like 3DBS. But it's a really challenge. It's yeah. challenge, yeah. It's in not a, easy. It's not easy. In one particular point is that Brazil only established the regulamentation for advanced products, for therapeutic products, in the last two years. So it was difficult because you, you don't have the, the trace, the line to go because you don't have the regulation. But now these pieces are putting together, and now we are seeing more and more companies emerging here in Brazil in this, in this field. Yeah, and also want to mention that you have a PhD in, in policy, so that probably helps a lot too. It, it does sound extremely challenging, but there is a roadmap if people want to take this roadmap. And I'm also impressed that even during pandemic, that turned out to be one of your best years. That is definitely a proof that you got the product market right. Um, so, yes. yeah, so, I mean, one of the reasons that we do these video calls is because I want to also, you know, look at what you guys are working on and, you know, more like a show and tell process. So I see that you have your printer next to you with your, uh, classical orange color. Um, why, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your uh, machine and what it can do? It's with the colors of our logo. Orange, <laughs> red, and yellow. <laughs> so this is a, a micro-extrusion bioprinter. We have two print heads here. And uh, we put the bio-ink inside these ordinary, but sterile uh, syringes. This bio-ink is like a hydrogel together with the cells. And then we put here in the print head. Mm -hmm. So you have your blueprint, your program, G code, and then you put the, your structure, 3D structure to print. Yeah. And what we are doing with this machine inside, in, inside our group, inside of our researchers, we are making a vascular graphics associated bioprinting with the technology of uh, uh, nano-microfibers, the electron-spinning technology. Mm -hmm. This is really promises. There is a potential to make a more com complex uh, structure. I'm going to show just 
a piece of our work. work. That's why we are here inside our lab. Yes. Here I have vessels. Maybe hold a and camera. Yeah. We just nice. want to us. You can see. Yes, I can. Yeah. We can associate the two, both technology to make these tubular structures. Mm -hmm. And uh, our first product that we launched in the market was part of the development that I made during my postdoc in USP, São Paulo, with Professor Silvia Stu. That is a skin model to cosmetic testers, especially cosmetic tests. Yeah. And I'm going to show just a few of our work. We make this skin in the bioprinter. So we have here. Mm -hmm. The whole thing? The, the bottom. The, the skin? Bottom. The bottom, right? The bottom part of the, the vial. Yeah, it's the bottom part. I see. Okay. And this is customized uh, for a particular patient or um, what kind we of... We can customize the size for a particular occasion, of course. But this size is, is good for the tests, for the drug screening or for cosmetics. Right. Uh, but of course, we can customize the size and the, the layers. So I have, you know, I'm really interested in the topic of electrospinning, mainly because I'm very unfamiliar with the subject. I mean, most of the time when we look at bioprinting, it's extrusion, FDMs kind of, that's the most common way of bioprinting, not the only way, obviously. So you want to explain a little bit to our audience, what is electrospinning? It's, it's been around for many years, but not many people understand it. Yes, I think when we are talking about this, because our, uh, I, I think we have this, this stack, I don't know how to say, but uh, we have both electron spinning and, and bioprinted. And it's, it's not a lot of people seeing that this is a potential association. Yeah. What is electron spinning came from the textile industry to make tissues. And because of its nanofibers and microfibers, we started to use this technology in tissue engineering for regenerative medicine. So it's making like um, handle uh, fibers, nano or micro, you can customize as a scaffold for cells, or you can make uh, um, aligned fibers, very organized, like to reconstruct the tendon for example, mm -hmm. is really good. But for skin, it's good handle fibers. And after we make these fibers with PLGA, PLLA, natural synthetic polymers, we can make the printer on top. The cells, no? mainly what we have is a, a, a pump with the syringe inside. She's the emblem of the syringe very slowly. And it's extruding this material, biomaterial, that's being collected randomly or aligned. Mm -hmm. And here, in the needle, we have an energy discharger of 30 kilovolts that will expand this material in a random way, very similar to other metrics or in other tissues. Extra similar tissues. matrix. Yeah. 
And, and then just taking back the about our, our bioprinter, Genesis 2, this is the main platform that we are selling here in Brazil. And this is uh, an equipment that is totally customizable. We can put here a syringe to work with pellets. We can refrigerate our extruder to work with collagen. We can adapt a Ford Roach axis to the tubular structure. And now the electric spinning equipment, the, the, the main collector of the electric spinning equipment is interchangeable with this bioprinter bio printer for axis. So this allows us to use the fiber and bioprint over the fiber almost without touching the sample or manipulating the sample with our hands. Is that hybrid system? So I just want to make sure I understand properly. So you have two different um, biofabrication methods on one machine. You can print simultaneously so that the electrospinning kind of create a more random extracellular matrix-like kind of scaffold, whereas you can more precisely deposit cells in the, ma in the matrix that electrospinning created. Is that right? Exactly. Yes, it's right. So that also means that you have a multi-material printer, basically, right? The syringe will contain cells, and then the electrospinning is whatever material you choose. Thermoplastics, polymers, normally. Cool. Awesome. Um, well, um, I'm really excited about what you guys have accomplished, and, and I really appreciate the time that you spent with us today. And this video will be converted on our YouTube channel, a podcast. And I would love to continue this conversation because I'd love to see what Genesis 3 and Genesis 4 is going to come out like. And by the time you're ready to scale up for fundraising, I'm also open for conversations. As you know, we've been having this kind of conversation for many years now. So, um, and how are you guys doing in pandemic? Just, I don't, I don't want to ignore that fact that we are still in pandemic, especially in Brazil. We're not out of it anytime soon. So how do you maintain your business activities while there's so much ongoing uh, crisis out there? We are very taking care of everybody. So we are a small group. We work with two people each time in the lab. And I am going to vaccinate today. Nice. <laughs> and thought Pedro going to wait a little bit more. But we expect to everybody be vaccinated in the next two or three months. Let's see. The first six, the first six months, the first semester of the pandemic, we practically use it to build the lab, to make the connections, bring bring all the equipment, establish the the clean room. So in this in this way, we didn't stop. Uh, we just used this this moment for this because all the the university was closed and we had more access to do the, 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 to build the lab. And now. As the university is a medicine school and have some com compromise with the, 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 our town, Campinas, they provide services to the, to the, to the town, they are working uh, normal now, just uh, one, one month uh, later. Yeah. You're adapting no matter what the situation is, which is, which is the kind of stoicism that startups really need. Um, well, thank you so much, Anna and Pedro. Um, thank you for your time today and we will connect soon. And thank, thank you. Thank you, Jen. It was a pleasure. Thank you.
congrats for your initiative and the videos. It's a really good initiative. I'm enjoying doing it. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Maggie. That's it for this episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 3 d Heels, and check out the links in the show notes. See you next time.